Welcome to Blind Spots, a podcast where we're helping you fill the gap between what you want to do with your money and what you actually do. We are professional investors, writers, and financial planners helping you navigate the complexities of finance to optimize what you can control and cut out the rest. Join your host, Nick Shermans and Aaron Varghese, as we discuss the questions and nuances surrounding everyday money management. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Blind Spots. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the dark side to retirement or the side of retirement that is often not talked about. We know that numbers are very important, stable stakes, as we often say, but we are going to be talking more about the soft stuff, again, things that you don't often hear about in retirement. So Nick, tell us about the story that we are going to be sharing today. So first off, I must warn you, this story does not have a happy ending, but if we can help one person, I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And this was a story that I stumbled upon Twitter, and I don't know why I stopped at this story. I don't follow this person, but his opening caught me. And this is a story from a financial advisor in Canada, and he's talking about his father. And when his father sold his business and retired, the change that washed over his dad, and his dad became a completely different person. And I'll, I'll share the highlights of the story. We can put the link in the podcast notes. And again, I don't want to be depressing or dire. Right? There's no shortage of that when you turn on the news. But I think this is the understated part of retirement. And Aaron just mentioned we run the numbers for people when they're about to retire, when they can retire, how much money they can spend each year, the social security question. All of these things are important. But just as important, is the softer side, your identity, your daily habits and behaviors and routines and how that makes you feel. So we're going to touch on that, which is, again, not often talked about, but very important in our opinion. So just as a disclaimer or a trigger warning, this topic touches on suicide and depression. So if that is not a topic that you feel comfortable listening to, stop here. Um, but this story was shared by Mark McGrath who is an advisor out of Canada, like Nick said, and it's about his father. So this podcast is for anyone in any stage of life. If you are retiring, if you are already retired, if you know someone who is going to retire or is already retired, um, he talks about the signs and um, just the journey that his father took. So we thought it was worth sharing. Right. So let's get into it. So let's talk briefly about the dad prior to his retirement. So he was a small business owner, very active person. He liked to golf. He was in good shape. Uh, he swam a few days a week. He was a black belt in karate. Uh, he was infatuated with the Japanese lifestyle for living a long and healthy life. Really loved steak and beer. We, we of course, all have our vices. They, they raised two kids, Mark being one of the kids. And his parents did split up, so the dad and the mom did split up, but they were very close still and lived in the same uh, in the same area. So one day, the dad goes to the sons and says, "Hey, kids, I'm going to sell I'm going to sell my business and retire." And the kids were really happy for him. He built the business, worked hard, and now it was time to turn the page. At that point, the dad was 58 and booked a two month trip to Asia. According to Mark, the son, that's when it all changed. Within a month of returning of his, from his trip, he went back to working at the tile store, which he sold. And he didn't need the money. He just missed his store and missed his friends. And then slowly things started to change. He 
he got bored of golf. He stopped golfing. He said he didn't like steak anymore. This was a man who ate steak three times over the last, three times a week over the last 40 years. Mark knew something was up. The father checked into a psychiatric ward. He told Mark his son he was having dark intrusive thoughts and that he should get checked in. After a few days, the father reached back out to Mark and said it was a mistake that he had went and checked himself in. He, he was no longer having those thoughts. They gave him some medicine. He checked himself out. He seemed better until a few days later. The family was scheduled for a dinner at the mother's house, his ex-wife's house, and, and the sons were going to be there, and the father was late and didn't show up, and that was very odd for him. The mother panicked and said, something is wrong. This is not like your father. So they called the police, and an hour later, the, the police came by, and an officer had reported that the father had gotten into a wreck. The father was okay, but he was shaken up, and the son, Mark, knew something was wrong. This, this crash happened at a location where the father had drove twice a week on his commute to work for over 20 years. The son, Mark, knowing something was wrong, reached out to the father's best friend to get his take on the whole thing. The best friend said the dad had called him right before the accident. He had left his wallet and ID under a garbage can in a dodgy neighborhood. And they, and they thought that was really odd. Mark came to the conclusion, again, the son, that the father had crashed the car on purpose. He didn't take his wallet because he didn't want to be ID'd by police. So the father ends up bouncing back from the initial wreck. And now he's paranoid, the father with fear, that he would be arrested and put in jail because of the accident. When the son was on his way home from work a couple days later, dad called and said he had a fight with mom and he was going to grab a hotel. Mark said, hey, you could come stay with me. We can talk it out. The father replied he didn't want to bother Mark, his son. On that evening, a foggy Thursday night in Vancouver, Canada, Mark was awoken by a phone call from a private number, and he didn't, he didn't answer. That number called back, and it was the police. And they told Mark that the mom was upset and that I needed to drive 40 minutes in the middle of the night to go see her. Mark was hesitant and said, if I'm going to do that, you have to tell me what's up. And the police officer told Mark his father was dead. He had rented a car for some reason. The father drove it to the middle of Lionsgate Bridge in Vancouver, turned on the hazard lights, got out, and jumped off the bridge. So why, why are we bringing this up? Because, and I'm not saying that we've seen this extreme example, but we've certainly seen examples of folks not thinking about what happens next when they retire. They don't think about the softer side. They don't think about their identity going away. In this case, the dad was known as the tile guy. He was the guy that sponsored all of the sports teams with his tile company. It, it was a small booming town, and he's the guy that you went to when you needed tile. He was the tile guy. That became his identity. And when he sold his business, he lost that. Now he suddenly was a nobody, quote unquote. He lost his purpose, the very thing that made him who he was. And whether the father knew it or not, I think he, he really loved the business because if it gave him a sense of fulfillment that he didn't know he would miss. So by losing his purpose, he lost his essence, he lost his spirit, very thing that gave him life. Yeah, it's something that is not often prepared for when thinking about preparing for retirement. It's all about maxing out your 401k and dialing in your expenses, but there's so much more to retiring than that. 
Um, and I think that oftentimes you get so caught up in your day-to-day -day life that you forget about everything else that you're working towards because you're working towards retirement so that you have time and freedom and space to do the things that you enjoy. And this just isn't talked about enough. Well, and think about just your daily habits, right? Like I, mm -hmm. like I have a, I mean, we all have smartphones, but I have a Apple phone where I set my alarm every single morning because I have a routine. Mm -hmm. Monday and Wednesday, I don't have meetings and I work in Camus. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I come down to Lake Oswego and I get up earlier because I want to beat traffic. You know, I know when the girls' sports season is. You know, I, I just have my, my calendar so dialed, my daily habits so dialed. And to think if I suddenly woke up next week and I had nothing to do and I was free to do whatever I wanted, I'm not saying I couldn't fill that. But what we're saying is it takes intention. It takes anticipating this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. It takes range, having different hobbies and interests and social circles. It's almost like starting at a new school, lifting out of everything that you know and starting a brand new school. You have to build up your reputation, build up your identity, build up your routine and daily habits all over again. And it's good if you're thinking about that. But if you're not thinking about the softer side and how everything changes, that's where some of these difficult, difficult situations can start to snowball. Mm -hmm. So talk to your spouse, write down what you want to be doing, what your ideal day in retirement looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've talked about hobbies and activities and things that you can do in retirement, but I think a lot of it comes down to staying socialized. I think that's what work becomes for many people is your, your friend group, your social circle. A lot of it revolves around, you know, your job, your colleagues, um, and that routine that comes along with it. And when you retire or you leave work, you often will lose that too, because the one thing that you have in common with your coworkers is the job that you do. So when you're not doing that job anymore, oftentimes those friend groups or friendships and relationships will also fall apart with that. So planning for that is important. Well, and many people ask the question, like the most asked question that we get is how much money do I need to retire? Mm -hmm. You know, if you Google that, there's thousands of articles about that. And I've said over and over again, that's the wrong way to look at it. Talking about this story, you can almost back into what's appropriate for you based on what you like doing. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've used myself as an example where I like to play golf. And once I, once I retire, I'm not going to be toiling in a Midwestern town in the month of February with 10 feet of snow on the ground, right? So by starting with what you like to do, what you're passionate about, I think you can back into some of these things, like how much do I need to, to fully retire? How much do I need to live on each month by identifying what you and your spouse or what you like to do? And I know that sounds really simplistic and obvious, but I can't tell you how many times, especially in those first couple years, people are rudderless just because they haven't thought about all of the things that are doing a 180 shift in their life. You talk a lot about the book range. What takeaways do you have from that book that you think would be helpful for anyone, whether they're working or retired, that they could also start to develop to make sure that this isn't their story? Yeah, so the premise of range is everyone's in a rush to specialize. And this might not map over one-to-one, -one, but I think there's some parallels. Everybody's in a rush to specialize in this country. Think about the absurdity of a high school junior 
having to choose a college based on what he might want to do that could affect the next 30 years of his life. Or once that college freshman is going into a sophomore year and everyone's telling him that he needs to specialize, he or she needs to choose a major that could influence or impact the next 30 years of his career or her career. So it's really the same principle. Range is all about trying different things, different skills, different hobbies, different sports, different studies that expose you to many different, many different things or things or disciplines to find your true self, to find what you're really good at, to find what makes you happy. So looking at my own situation, once, once I do decide to retire, I might try something I would never try just for the simple fact that I might like it. I might discover a, a brand new side of myself. Like I'm horrible with art. Like my daughters like to draw pictures and paint and all that stuff. And they always try to get me to do it with them. And I'm awful at it, but I, I really gave it a try. I, I painted my, my dog, who's like a lasso opso, and he's getting older. He's turns 11 this year and he's not going to be around forever. He's already kind of declining. So I decided to do a number painting. And I really enjoyed the process. And I, I think I might have uncovered something that I could enjoy doing once I have more time. So range is all about just trying new things, putting yourself outside of your comfort zone, not getting stuck in a groove or, or a routine, constantly keeping it fresh to find your true self, to find a different side of yourself. Yeah, it's really hard to try new things and be intentional about it just because time often when you're working is so little, it feels like. But we had an interesting conversation with the group a few weeks ago uh, and just kind of went around the room and just asked, you know, what have you done new recently? Have you learned anything new? Have you tried anything for the first time? And it's, an, it's kind of a fun dinner conversation. But when I was asked that, it really made me think, you know, time continues to pass. You know, are you continuing to learn and grow and try new things and do new things. And for a lot of people, the answer is no. So I just encourage anyone to just try something new. doesn't matter how big or small it is, but you really start to discover new things about yourself when you go out and try to do that. Yeah. Just, just one last comment on that. And I'm glad you brought that up because, cause that was a great, it was a great, um, it was great insight into other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And also, on, on that vein, I used to read all books, like all nonfiction books about finance and investing and econ and, and hedge funds and all it just things within my sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. And a couple of years ago, after stumbling upon principles of range, I hadn't read the book yet, but I, I started excluding those types of books from my reading list where now I, I will not read a financial book. And I've gotten really into World War II and history, and I've never been more enthralled and captivated and interested in reading than I am right now. And it all starts with, with range and reading about stuff I have no clue about, but it makes you appreciate the human spirit and those that came before you and the history of a country and the perils of mankind. And it's just opened up a brand new world to me, and it, I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm looking forward to traveling to Europe and going to some of these World War II sites. Um, that, that's another spirit of range. Like, I never would have done that had I buried my face in a, a finance book. Yeah, and something that you told me a while ago about 
book specifically, but it applies to just trying new things in general, is that there's there's too many books out there to continue reading one that you don't like. And I think the same thing applies for anything new that you're trying. If you try something new and you don't like it, you don't have to stick with it. You can just try something else because there's millions of things to do in the world. So I always keep that in mind too. Okay. I think that wraps it up for this episode of Blind Spots. Share this with your friends, your parents, your colleagues. I think it's a great story and we appreciate Mark McGrath for sharing his own personal story um, as well. So if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us at insight at pureportfolios.com, but we will see you in the next one.